Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us here today. Alberta, like other jurisdictions, is facing unprecedented pressures on our healthcare system, leading to growing strain in emergency departments and hospitals across our entire province. Our primary care providers are also under strain. Family physicians and primary care teams have taken the brunt of the pandemic for two and a half years, and like all of the healthcare professionals in our system, they're tired. Many practices were impacted by the drop in patient visits early in the pandemic, and some are still suffering. At the same time, patients are coming back to seek healthcare services, including many who have deferred care over the course of the pandemic, so their needs are greater than, than they might have been otherwise. We've had problems with access to family physicians long before COVID, but as with other issues, the pandemic has made them worse and made it more urgent for us to be able to act on them and act now. We need to increase the access to primary care, and this is especially true in rural and remote areas of the province and for Indigenous peoples. And we need better integration between primary care and the rest of our health system, as well as community-based social services. And we need to act urgently to stabilize and reinvest in primary care right now while also starting the work to design a vision for the longer term. And that work is underway, and it's my top priority as we head into the fall. Let's be really clear at the outset. We don't need better family doctors or nurse practitioners or other healthcare professionals. We have the best in the world, mainly because we train the best in the world. But we do need more of them, and we'll keep recruiting them as fast as we can, but we also need a better system for them to work in. And we need that for two reasons, to add capacity and get more Albertans connected to a regular primary care provider, and to help keep us attracting more doctors and more nurses to our province. Because the truth is, more and more doctors and other professionals want to work in a different kind of system than the one that we have. Like the rest of the country, we're facing a growing shortage of family physicians, in part because new doctors and residents are not choosing family medicine. And we have to change that. It is the bedrock of our system. And the problem is not necessarily the work. The family doctors, I know, are as committed to their patients as ever. They tell me their practices are incredibly rewarding, and rural doctors in particular say they never choose anything else. The issue is the model that we've constructed that, quite frankly, for the most part, hasn't changed in decades. The model of independent practice, the way they're paid, the integration, or quite frankly, lack thereof, with specialists and the rest of our healthcare system. But we have the foundations in place for the kind of primary healthcare system that we need. And a lot of good work is underway, including shifting to team-based care, using more virtual care, more access to pharmacists as primary healthcare providers and as part of the team, and more nurse practitioners in primary care. We need to build from our existing assets, including primary care networks, PCNs, and make meaningful changes that will further strengthen our primary care system. And at the core of the process, we need to listen to family physicians, nurse practitioners, and other allied health professionals. We have leaders in their field in our province who are already working in new models that work better for patients and for the long term. We need to move those changes from the edges of our system to the core and meld them with the best practices from other jurisdictions. 
and we need to do this together. And we need to engage frontline family doctors and primary care teams to focus on the right priorities for change and design solutions that will work for them and for Alberta patients. The goal of this project, MAPS, is to provide recommendations to move us towards five main goals. First, access. A system with the capacity to offer every Albertan access to timely, appropriate primary health care from a regular provider or team. Second, integration. A system where patients have seamless transitions to other health, social, and community services. Third, a system where every patient gets high quality care. And that should go without saying, but quality just doesn't happen. It has to be defined, it has to be measured, and we have to have a, a system that focuses on delivering it. The fourth outcome is a patient focused. Having Albertans and their social support networks as meaningful partners in achieving their health and wellness goals. And the final outcome is culturally safe and appropriate care. A system where First Nations, Metis and Inuit people have access to high quality, culturally safe care that is designed and delivered in a way that respects their unique needs. To help achieve these outcomes, three advisory panels are being established to identify improvements in the short term and quite frankly to set a vision for us over the next five to ten years. First, a strategic advisory panel will be co-chaired by Dr. Brad Baylor and Dr. Janet Reynolds who are with me here today. The panel will be made up of local primary health care leaders and experts and will recommend an overall strategy to improve primary health care in our province. Dr. Baylor is a physician in Sylvan Lake where he practices comprehensive family medicine including obstetrics, hospital care, geriatrics and palliative care while working with the health care team at the Sylvan Family Health Centre. He's currently the chair of the Primary Care Alliance. The other co-chair, Dr. Janet Reynolds, is a family physician at Crowfoot Village Family Practice in Calgary and the medical director for the Calgary Foothills Primary Care Network, or PCN. The second group will be an international expert panel made up of national and international experts and co-chaired by Dr. Jennifer, Jennifer Jenga and Dr. Richard Luanzuk. This panel will inform the work of the strategic advisory panel. Dr. Jenga is a CEO and founder of Canada Home Care Group. She's an Edmonton-based physician with experience in several countries, including South Africa, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Dr. Jenga has a special interest in primary care, public health, indigenous health, and maternal and child health, and she has worked with vulnerable populations, including seniors, refugees, and indigenous communities. Dr. Richard, Richard Luanzuk is the Senior Medical Director for Health Systems Integration for Alberta Health Services. Prior to that, he was the Senior Medical Director for Primary Health Care for AHS, a position he held for 10 years. Dr. Luanzuk is currently a Professor Emeritus at the University of Alberta and still co-chairs the Department of Medicine Working Group on Social Determinants of Health. He's actively involved both nationally and internationally in areas related to primary care, health system and primary care and health system integration, and they're both with me here today. The third group will be an Indigenous panel made up of Indigenous health experts and leaders to ensure Indigenous voices and wisdom is integrated into the MAPS work. There will be a particular focus on addressing challenges Indigenous people face when trying to find a family doctor 
or other primary health care service provider. The MAPS work will aim to address access issues faced by First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people, making sure they are provided with high-quality, culturally safe care. Trish Matthew Mercury, also with, with, with us here today, will be one of the co-chairs on the Indigenous Advisory Panel. Trish is an Assistant Deputy Minister in my department, and she'll be dedicated full-time to advancing the Indigenous stream of the MAPS work. She's been with the Government of Alberta since January 2016, and prior to that, she held senior executive positions with Health Canada and Indigenous and Northern Affairs Canada. The appointment process for the other panel co-chair will be completed in the near future. Now, looking ahead, this work will be a team effort. Alberta primary health care leaders are included on the panels, embedded throughout the work, and practitioners across our entire health system, including the Alberta Medical Association, will be actively engaged. An innovation forum will be held to gather panel members, stakeholders, and those involved in primary health care to discuss solutions to barriers and highlight international and national innovations. A final report with a recommended strategy to modernize Alberta's primary health care system will be delivered in the spring. As we modernize and strengthen primary health care in Alberta, we'll improve the health system overall and help ease the pressures on our hospitals. This work is about building on primary health care foundation that already exists in Alberta. To create a system where everyone has access to a family doctor or primary health care provider, no matter where they live in our province. Strong primary care is the foundation for a high-functioning health care system. It's essential to the capacity of our overall health system, and it's essential to the health of Alberta patients. And it's, quite frankly, it's essential to the health of family doctors and our primary care professionals as well. We need to recognize the incredible dedication of family physicians in Alberta, of nurse practitioners, and of all the professionals, healthcare professionals, who have worked during these very challenging two and a half years. And we need to say to them, we know that what you've been through, and we know it wasn't easy before. So we're going to renew and reinvest in primary care to help make primary care practices viable and rewarding for all the people who practice in it today and make it attractive to the next medical student or nursing student choosing how to spend their career. We need more of them to choose family practice and primary care and to choose it here in Alberta. We need to stabilize primary care and address the impacts of the pandemic and fix structural problems that have been accumulating, quite frankly, for decades. Now, all of this won't be done overnight, but I can tell you that we will listen to our primary care professionals and recognize the problems that we're facing and make real changes to fix them. And the, and the ask of this, of this panel, and recognizing it'll be challenging, is for them to come forward with solutions in the short term, this, you know, this fall, that we can look forward to implementing uh, very quickly to address the challenges we're facing now, while at the same time setting a vision for our province. So once again, thank you so much for coming to join us here today. I'm excited about this work. It's, gonna, it's a core component of the work we're doing to fix the healthcare challenges that we're facing uh, as a province, and I'm so thankful to the people behind us who have agreed to take their time, their talent, and their expertise to lead these panels and fix our healthcare system. And with that, happy to take questions. Thank you, Minister. Uh, we'll now begin the question portion of our uh, avail today. Um, we'll go first to the phones. Uh, operator, if you want to put the, through the first caller, um, we'll take one question, one follow-up. 
Hi, Minister. You've just said in your remarks that you need to take action right now to improve this model. If I'm a family doctor looking at this today, and I'm already telling you some of the tangible problems that are occurring in family medicine, and seeing your government appoint yet more panels, perhaps I'm thinking that this looks like you kicking the can down the road from taking any meaningful steps or investing any money. How would you respond to that kind of response? So thanks for the question. We, we are investing money now. Um, you know, I was very pleased that we were able to reach uh, a tentative agreement with the AMA, which is out for ratification at this point in time. Part of that, that agreement is about stability, uh, and particularly stability for our family practices. Um, it's about partnership. Uh, it's about innovation. Uh, and part of that includes a, uh, an, a, you know, a stability for primary care networks, uh, an additional $40 million uh, into primary care networks uh, to be able to help the process of right now. Uh, we also are working very hard because we understand that you know one of the challenges uh, that that that's being faced, um, you know, people can't find family doctors or family doctors can't you know share the load uh, with uh, with others is is a, we don't have enough people providing the service. Uh, so working very hard, uh, not only with uh, medical schools to be able to how do we um, you know increase the uh, the number of spots that we uh, that we have. Um, you know, so we can train more of our own, uh, but leveraging uh, immigration and shortening the the timelines for certification and, and getting more doctors in uh, in uh, in the province. You know, as you know, indicated before, we have more doctors than ever uh, working in the province. But the, the reality is, uh, it's not we don't have them all in the right places, and we're not keeping up with the increased demand. Uh, so leveraging our, our immigration uh, pathways to be able to get more doctors, and we've had some success. So, for example, uh, in Lethbridge, uh, we've had 17 new uh, IMGs who have committed to uh, to move to Lethbridge and family practice, and 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 that will help. But we also recognize that it's not just about you know getting more people in, and this is the act, and, and supporting. St- um, uh, PCNs right now uh, is that we need to look at other solutions uh, and other ways to come at this and quite frankly learn from other jurisdictions. You know, we know when we look at um, uh, rankings for, you know, uh, different countries with uh, dollars into the healthcare system and health outcomes out, you know, typically, you know, Canada ranks, you know, 11 or 12, uh, depending on, on what year you're looking at the rankings. Um, you know, U.S. ranks below us, but it's not just about the American way or the Canadian way. Quite frankly, there's a dozen other countries around the world that are doing this better than we are, uh, and we need to learn from them, which is the purpose of the expert panel. What are other ideas that we can use? So this isn't, you know, we are acting now, um, but we also know we need to do more to transform the system. So part of the work the panel will be doing is, you know, going out, uh, looking at what's happening around the world, what can we do differently, uh, how do we transform our system, and focus on primary care, community care, home-based care, how do we integrate that, how do we make it easy for, uh, easier for family doctors. And, and I guess my last point on this, it's as important how we do something as what we do. Because this really, quite frankly, is about partnerships. You know, we as a government don't necessarily have all the answers. Uh, and even if we had you know, the, the uh, solution that we think is the best thing since sliced bread, but no one agrees with it, you never can implement, implement it. So part of this is actually to build an implementation plan with people who are in, 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 the, uh, in the trenches, you know, doing the work day to day. What can we focus on at the highest priority to get the results that we need? Uh, it's going to take time. You know, these problems weren't created uh, um, uh, over uh, months or weeks, quite frankly, many of these issues, particularly in rural areas, they've been around for a long time, even pre-COVID. But COVID uh, highlighted them, 
Uh, it's exacerbated the problem, so we know we need to address them. So we are taking action right now to address these, these issues in terms of increased investments in, uh, in primary care. Um, and we know we need to stabilize the system. Uh, and the work that this panel will, will be doing is, is, is looking at what are the solutions we can implement quickly, like, quite frankly, and I'm asking them, which is a challenging feat, quite frankly, and, um, and I thank them very much for doing that, uh, to come with solutions like, okay, what, what quick hits can we get uh, this fall, um, but also a vision for long term that we can work together and transform our systems and get, quite frankly, get some of the results that many other countries are getting uh, with uh, a focus on primary care um, and, uh, and, and actually better health, health, health care outcomes at a lower cost. Thanks, Janet. Do you have a follow-up? I do. It seems like some of those investments you're referencing, though, are contingent on doctors voting in favor of that contract or the AMA, which they have not done yet. And I'm hearing mixed reviews from doctors about this proposed contract, particularly from family doctors who say it does not go far enough to recognize the cost of running an independent practice. So how confident are you that this proposal before doctors will pass and why? So, uh, again, uh, we worked very hard with the uh, AMA on this agreement. And uh, it's a choice for doctors to make, uh, you know, but the key, th the key themes, and, and this agreement is, is fairly complex, but it's really about partnership, working together. Um, it's about uh, stability, so investing uh, dollars into areas like family, uh, like family practices uh, and business continuity plans. Uh, and, and quite plainly, it's also about innovation. And this is one thing that, that, that you know, I'm very excited about, is that working together to look at different models, different pay models uh, for doctors uh, to you know, ensure that they can have viable practices, not only in the short term, uh, but over the long term. And, and we get our pay models right. You know, there are new doctors who are coming in uh, who are graduating who, who quite frankly don't want to set up their private practice so is there another model that we can put in place for them to be able to continue to work uh, and provide services in, in, in the field and we need to work together you know so this agreement uh, you know worked with the uh, with the AMA um, you know very diligently over the uh, the last six months and and thanks to the, the bargaining teams who went through a interest based process to do that uh, and you know thanks to dr. Warren and, and myself who were personally involved uh, because we know we need to work together to solve the problems uh, believe that this agreement delivers on that but again at the end of the day it's the uh, the choice of, uh, of doctors around the province of whether they want to accept it or not thank you very much operator can you put through the next caller Madeline Smith Edmonton Journal Hi there, Minister. Um, what's your understanding of how bad the situation has gotten with access to primary care and access to family doctors? You know, you mentioned um, some of the issues that are happening, but, uh, you know, I know the doctors have been bringing concerns to you for some time. So how would you characterize, um, you know, the, the problems with access at this moment? Yeah, it's so... so as I stated earlier, we do have an increase of, of doctors in the province. They're not necessarily in the locations that we, we need them, uh, or, or in the in the specialties that we uh, that we need them. Um, and quite frankly, uh, Alberta is not alone. Uh, this is a issue that's, that's across the entire country, uh, and this is uh, an issue you know, around the around the first world in terms of getting access to care. Um, so you know. It, I don't have the exact details on it, but we can get that for you in terms of you know the increased number of docs. Um, you know, I have been on tour uh, throughout the uh, the summer and early fall in, in rural Alberta. We know that this issue is is quite frankly more acute in uh, in certain areas of the province. 
um, you know, where there's a challenge finding doctors, but there, there are also pockets of success, right? So you look at St. Paul, for example, uh, seven new doctors in the, uh, the last six months. Uh, Lethbridge, you know, where we've had challenges there, but we've been able to recruit uh, an additional 17 have committed to come to, uh, to Lethbridge. So we are making progress, but, th- but the reality is it's not just about um, getting, you know, more staff to be able to provide the services. Uh, we need to look at different ways to be able to provide that care and how do we transform our system. And quite frankly, uh, that's what the, the work of these panels will do. Thank you. Do you have a follow-up? Yes. Um, I'm also wondering why this work is being introduced now. I mean, obviously, we are at a political time where a a new leader is is about to be appointed, and the work that you're asking for um, asks for recommendations in spring 2023. So, you know, are there guarantees that the political environment uh, won't kind of eat up this work or that this will actually be able to have some continuity through, uh, you know, the changes that are, that are coming, not, not least of which is, you know, an election next year, likely. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm confident that this work will be valuable regardless of who's in the chair, um, because it's necessary, right? This is a, you know, when we talk about, you know, the, the healthcare challenges facing, uh, Alberta, uh, and primary care is, is one of the issues. It's, it's facing the entire country. Um, and regardless of uh, who is in the chair, we're going to need to address that. Uh, and so this work providing input from voices uh, across the province and from uh, different sectors, you know, uh, Indigenous and, and Métis voices, um, getting, you know, input from primary care uh, networks and family care doctors and nurse practitioners, like, you know, all of this will be valuable. Uh, and, you know, and I appreciate your comments saying that, you know, the, the, the final report will be, you know, coming out in the spring. Um, but if there's th- things that we can act on earlier, and now that makes sense, uh, then we're going to do that. And regardless of, you know, who is in the chair or, or, or what government is, uh, is moving forward, quite frankly, uh, they're going to need to address this issue, and, and we're not going to wait. Uh, we're going to move forward. Thank you, operator. Can you put through the next caller? Adam Toy, Global. Yeah, thanks for taking my questions. I'm just wondering about the uh, panels and the scope of them. Are there any, um, would changes only be limited to, for example, the health ministry or if they, uh, if the panels suggest, um, say, some some monetary um, benefits or or incentives, uh, would that be considered? I'm just wondering what, what the scope of the idea is could be if there's any sort of guidance on that for the panel? That's a great question, and we spoke about that, quite frankly, yesterday, right? And, and you know, from, from my perspective, the, spo- the, the scope needs to be fairly broad. You know, we, we understand that, you know, there's social determinants of health. So how does that impact the delivery of health care, and particularly primary care? And are there additional supports that are needed to actually transform our system uh, in that regard? Now, it will initially take a healthcare focus, but quite frankly, as we identify other issues that that you know that that may have a cross impact on that, then then we're going to have to, as a as a government, uh, and I'll have to go to my colleagues to say, okay, this has a cross impact on health. So how can we uh, how can we address this issue? Are there other programs that we can put in place? And, and part of that, this is why you know I, I indicated there's both a, a short term component and a longer term component of that because you know some of the the ideas that may came, come forward, uh, we may not be able to change that over. 
overnight. It may take a different approach, a different level of assessment. So part of the, what I've asked the panel to do is not only look at, you know, what are some of the quick hits that we can do within our, our, our current system or, modif you know, slight modifications or, or, or changes to our system that we can try or pilot right now. Um, or make, make a, full, a full system change. But then how do, what's the vision for the future in terms of providing that service that gives us an opportunity or a roadmap to be able to change that over time, which may very well include different departments? Thanks, Adam. Do you have a follow-up? Uh, yeah, on a different topic, um, Edmonton Public Schools, 10% uh, of them are, more than 10% of them are experiencing uh, um, respiratory um, earlier in the week, uh, that school board superintendent um, said he prefer that if the province report the public health info rather than them having to do it themselves, uh, school districts across the province have dropped uh, any sort of absence uh, reporting uh, following um, uh, the summer's uh, news and changes. I'm wondering if, if, if the province or if you're in talks with AHS to release that information uh, so that uh, information that an, in, that an infectious disease doctor that I spoke with called uh, extremely useful um, in forms of uh, allowing parents to make informed decisions about their own and their children's health choices. No, I, uh, thanks for the question, you know, and I, I appreciate that. You know, we are moving into uh, an endemic phase with COVID. It's, it's still with us, and, and, uh, and we need to manage that. Um, so we're using the tools that we manage um, uh, with, uh, uh, with flus um, that we've had before, um, which is when you get a 10% uh, you know, increase of, of uh, absenteeism uh, due to a respiratory virus. We, we actually advise the, the, uh, the parents uh, associated uh, with that, so they know that this, this is uh, this is occurring. Uh, we understand that there's a you know a number of schools in Edmonton that are uh, are impacted. And I think all all of the ones or not or, you know roughly 80 to 90 percent of the ones that are impacted in Edmonton uh, or, or or that are impacted are all in Edmonton at this point in time. Uh, I haven't had a conversation yet with my uh, my colleague, the uh, Minister of Education, about uh, different approaches. Um, you know, if there's concerns about the ability of of um, uh, schools and or school boards to be able to uh, work with AHS in regards to uh, how do we manage the, the outbreaks from a resource standpoint. I haven't had that conversation yet, but, uh, but, but we'll do so. Thanks very much. That's all the time we have for today. Um, if you have any follow-up questions, please feel free to reach out to our office. Thanks. Great. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.